welcome to MILF Talk, Make Your Life Fabulous. I'm Sophie Venable, author, life coach, and mother of two. Whether you're married with children, single, divorced, or all of the above, I am talking to you about life, relationships, and quite often sex. Today is not about sex, but Todd's here anyway. Why is it, I'm just going to think about sex while you guys talk <laughs> That's about other fine. stuff. You just chime in once in a while. So, will that core belief get me laid? So, <laughs> possibly, possibly, <laughs> if that's what you're going for. So, uh, I wrote. I just want to say thank you to everyone out there. I wrote a book called MILF 101, Make Your Life Fabulous, and I want to thank all of you who helped me get to number five last week in the Kindle story. It was I almost so got to close. number one, but I'm so grateful to all those, all of those who helped me out by getting or gifting a copy, and I hope you like it. So, um, thank you. My guest today is a familiar face because since she came on the show back in January, we've seen each other quite a bit, and I'm proud to call her my friend. Uh, she has been a psychotherapist, certified hypnotist, and dream analyst for the past 25 years. She famously found herself as the mental health clinician for the New York Jets and has just released a book called Game On, What I Learned During My Time as the Shrink to the New York Jets, How to Get Anything You Want in Life. Ladies and gentlemen, she is going to share with us 10 core beliefs that can help you get anything you want in life, Todd. <laughs> and please welcome. <laughs> Dr. Donna Dan Belter. Thank you, Sophie. I just got her book in the mail I, from I'm Amazon. So jealous because I haven't gotten mine yet. Well, you should. I know. I've been busy. <laughs> I've been busy training <laughs> for something which I'm going to listen to these core beliefs because in three weeks I'm doing a sprint triathlon, which anybody who knows me knows that that is so not my thing like <laughs> so like i don't run i don't you know but that's what you're supposed to do in life right something that Just, terrifies I, you you go out there and you do stuff that you that you wouldn't normally do right challenge yes. yourself when i got divorced that big thing for me was scuba diving i was like terrified of water basically to uh -huh, begin with sure. and you know i've told that story in my book like basically push past that fear and and there was a gigantic reward i mean that's a privilege to see that. But I want to address something you just said, Sophie. Okay. You just said you, you're you're going to run in this. It's, it's a sprint it's triathlon. A sprint. It's okay. 500 yards swimming, six miles biking, two miles running. Okay. And then right after you said that, you said, I am not a runner. I am not a sprinter. Okay. So you just sabotaged <laughs> yourself oh. because quite honestly, you are a runner. You're running. Well, this, I am. This morning, I felt a little like a runner. I got myself some new magic shoes last week nice. <laughs> and I was like running and I was listening to that song. This is going to be the best day of my life. And I was like running and I felt like a runner for like three minutes. Okay. What's important though. What's important. Cause you're going to want to, you're going to want to finish this. Right. Yes. This oh, race. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I got to finish. You need to start saying, I am a runner. I am a runner. I am a triathlete. That's right. I am an athlete. I am. It's very important to say. I just got I, goosebumps when you said that. You know why? Okay, why? Because I've never considered myself an athlete. With all the years of dancing, I never considered myself an athlete. Yeah, well, we, we do that. We're not, we're not taught to think, I am. We're taught mm -hmm. to say, I want. Mm -hmm. And if we say, I want, you will always want. You'll never get. You need to say, I am. And that's part of the core beliefs. We all have core beliefs. Every single one of us have core beliefs. They are formed very young. Mm -hmm. We can change them when we need to and our behavior is not working the way we need to. But mm -hmm. we, we were never told that. So I'm going to tell you that you need to have core beliefs that fit into the desire that you're trying to achieve. Okay? Yes. Okay. So when, you, like when you're working with NFL players, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Have these guys 
always seen themselves that way, you know? Okay. Part of the core beliefs that are, that are outlined in the book, it's, this is definitely what I learned as a shrink to the New York Jets. I learned how to think like an athlete mm -hmm. because life, life is a sport. Life is a sport. So if we can think like an athlete, mm -hmm. we can always win at whatever we're doing. But we sabotage ourselves when we say, I am not or I'm going to try. You know, you could try the rest of your life. You have to believe that you can do it because people that believe they can and people that believe they can't are both right. Mm, this is what Yoda said in Empire Strikes Back to Luke Skywalker. I don't know if you remember. Then therefore it is truth. Yeah. He said there mm. is no try. There's only do. That's mm. what Yoda said. Absolutely correct. So what I learned or what I how I formed the 10 core beliefs was that after I did the TV show Necessary Roughness, people asked me, how did you do that? Because I did it without an agent and without a manager. Mm -hmm. And I never really knew how I did that. I left an amazing job. I took the golden handcuffs off on Long Island and, and I left. So I can still. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Long Island. <laughs> I've heard Island stories. Okay. I've heard stories. Golden handcuffs. <laughs> They're golden handcuffs. Hmm. And I can still hear my mother screaming like, what are you doing, child? Because mm. I left a, a very lucrative business with a great retirement for a dream. Only I didn't know it was a dream. I actually just thought, I, you know, I'm going to go to California and I'm going to make a TV show. And no one ever told me I couldn't. So mm. I just thought I could, you know. Oh, that mm -hmm. is huge, right? Just the fact well, that nobody said you couldn't. No, I didn't, oh, you know, didn't know I couldn't. Oh, I People see. said, are you crazy? They were screaming, nobody does this. And I didn't believe that. I never believed that core belief. Right. I never believed that. So because I didn't believe that, I thought I, I'll just come here. I'll tell people my story and then somebody will buy it. And okay. Lo and behold. And lo and behold, yes. But... My showrunner on the show, the executive producers, when I tell them that, they said, that is bizarre thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not bizarre thinking. It's a core belief. I believed. I believed. Yeah. And so then when I go through my journey, it's kind of a couple of other things that I began to believe. Well, I think a lot of people who come to L.A. with this concept of making it, quote unquote, in show business kind of do believe it. So how did it happen for you? Like we're... Do you think that the core beliefs weren't 100% in a lot of the people who come to L.A.? Yes. Uh, yes. And I believe that my thing was never take no for an answer. Sure. Just because somebody says no doesn't mean you have a bad idea. It means that that person doesn't have the power to bring your idea to fruition. That's mm. all that means. Move on to the next door. That, no. Yes. So in my mind, when they said no, I said next Mm -hmm. Next. Now, some people, when they are told no, will be hurt, will think, what's wrong with my idea? My idea sucks, whatever. But you see where they're going? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, yeah. now, they're now going into a shell where I was next. Who else can I call? You put and the rejection on the rejector, essentially, yes. it sounds like. Yeah. Exactly. You Which must have sense. to do that a lot because your job is basically going out. Right. And getting rejected until you don't. Right. Well, well <laughs> I cry I mean, and hate myself after every uh, rejection. Really? But then I pick myself up and I get back in the race. <laughs> you must be doing, okay, but you must have a core belief with the fact that you've been in show business for a long time now, right? Yeah. How many years are we talking? 20. Okay. And you support yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are successful. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're a working actor. I'm a working actor. Okay. Awesome. Rare. Then there had to be a belief system you get rejected, right? Well, yeah, it's sure. It's uh, the, okay. the name of the game in the, acting, yeah. There is something in your belief system that you just said, it's the name of the game. 
Well, yes, and I look at it this way. I, as an actor, a craftsman, mm -hmm. you know, I consider myself a craftsman, mm -hmm. an artist too, but a craftsman first, and I'm there to serve the story. So when I'm in an audition, I'm there to serve the story, not myself necessarily, and the way I look at it is if they say no, it's just, you know, there's something about me or my look or whatever that mm -hmm. isn't quite serving the story. So mm -hmm. they have to serve the story, and I respect that about their choices. Mm -hmm. And I know that there will be another story that I'm right to serve. Yeah, but, okay. It'll, it'll come. Your core belief. You just said it. I yeah. know there will be a serve a story that I will be able to serve. Right. Right. Core right. belief right there. Right. Yeah. And that is part of the reason why you're successful. Yeah, certainly. It's, part, it's definitely lent itself to tenacity that's for that's sure. what i was gonna say if nothing else it gets you to show up yeah right? exactly you know it's like exactly. like today when i had that just that feeling that moment of success where i could really feel that this was possible mm -hmm. it was like all of that like those because i did have a low day last week for sure mm -hmm. it just it gets me to show up i've been to the gym five or six days a week for mm -hmm. months now like that's crazy Which, yeah i know i know it's i know serving I know, I know, you it's, okay it's serving, it's serving you. It's serving me. It is. Yes. Yes. No, I know. I know. I know what I just said. I just, you have to listen to your words. Just, no, I am listening. But, but I, I, what I want to illustrate is how, like where my words were and how they're flipping. Yes. But a lot of it is sort of that fake it till you make it kind of like just keep showing up. Just keep doing it until you, f you feel it in your cells. Fake you know? it. You, I, I love what you just said. Fake it till you make it. You need to believe mm -hmm. that it is achievable. Yes. Okay. Faking it till you make it. People think that they have to pretend that they're doing something, mm -hmm. but you're working towards something. Yes. You know, and and there's a lot of synchronicity in everything that we do. You know, oh, there yeah. are, there are things that are happening in the unseen. You know, if you believe in quantum physics, which I don't know how you cannot, it's a proven thing. You mm -hmm. know. Everything is responding to your desire, to your thought. Mm -hmm. And your vibration and that. And your vibration. Right. Like attracts like. Right. You know, that's why it's so important to use your words, I am an athlete. Okay, I am a triathlete. That's it. Not only there am I an go. athlete, I am a triathlete. There you go. <laughs> okay, I want to go over okay. a couple of my favorites here. Go. Okay, mm -hmm. your number one core belief, which I think is going to surprise people, and I love it so much, is... Find the love in everyone you meet. Yes. Yes. Just so you know, if I meet Donald Trump, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Fair enough. Everybody else. You okay. know, it's okay. We all have our limitations, Todd. <laughs> it's all good. So how does this serve us in achieving our dreams? Okay. What I mean by finding the love in everyone you meet is that no one comes into your experience for no reason. There are people that come into your experience and everybody that comes in comes in for a reason. And if you can find how they serve you, mm -hmm. if you can look at them and find the goodness in them, mm -hmm. they will serve you. Now, a lot of people will say, there's no way. I know one person in particular that makes me freaking crazy. Mm -hmm. That person is serving you because that person is probably the best angel you could ever come in contact with because you have to learn to control your emotions. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to think positive. You have to think, you know, how can I manipulate the situation to work for me? You are learning. That person is your greatest teacher. And they may just simply be holding up a mirror to a part of yourself that you don't like either, that you yes. have to love 
yes. yourself through. Yes. And yeah. every day we have to choose either love or fear. Yep. Okay. Totally agree with you. Put that on my match.com profile years ago. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> love, love or fear. And if you choose love, then everybody you meet, you need to find the love in there. How, they are serving me. They are an angel that came to me. So we're going to work on Todd loving Donald Trump. And I can't. Then we will. I'm not. I can't. I'll love anybody else. Okay. Anybody. Right. I got gotcha. you. But you can love. The show's just the not message. long enough. <laughs> That's true. Let's not talk about Donald. Maybe but we should move on. I, I know. But, but you can. But the, the, and the idea here that we can take from it is that you may not agree with anything that he says. And there's the love there. Because mm. what you're not agreeing with is telling you about yourself. And that's what this journey is. It, it is mm. about learning about ourselves. That's a cool way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. <gasps> hmm. There's a crack. Still <laughs> don't love Donald Trump. <laughs> you can love what you don't love. Yeah, you're, you're, learning, you're, learning, you're learning about yourself. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Todd. <laughs> what, what's the next one? Okay. Well, a number six I love because I really, I really... You know, this is, I've had to really convince myself of this. Ah. You're never too old to accomplish anything. That, that's true. You know, I love this. I, I, and I especially love this because there's the, the fact is, and I don't know if you knew this, but our frontal lobes are not the, the part of our brain that helps us to, to make decisions. Mm-hmm. It's not fully developed until we're in our mid-20s. Right. Okay, that's why teenagers are so impulsive. Mm-hmm. Which means that if it's not fully developed until we're in our mid-20s, then we're really not making well-informed decisions until we're in our 30s. Mm-hmm. We're really not good at making decisions until we're in our 40s. And we're experts at making decisions when we're in our 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Think about, I mean, think about that. That means that you know, when you get your AARP card, you're a really you're good a decision maker. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your genius card. There it is. There, there it go. is. That means Can't you are really. Can't fucking wait for that thing now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so you're never too old. And I think that our society is so focused on youth mm-hmm. that we forget the importance of experience. Yeah. You know, and so it, it, you're never too old. And actually, what it, the real the real statement that I make in the book is: you're never too old, nor too young, nor too challenged to achieve your dream. Mm. I like that. You're not so special that you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> or, and again, don't take yourself so seriously. Right, right. You know, Louise Hay. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote "You Can Heal Your Life," and you know she's uh, created her publishing house which is mm-hmm. Hay House Publishing mm-hmm. and it's hugely successful I mean she is that genre um, she was 65 when she did that oh wow yes. I know she's my fucking hero <laughs> uh, you know really I mean yeah. even Judge Judy who I think is now she's like making more money than anybody I don't know really she, she Judge Judy she didn't do her show till she was like I don't know she was in her 50s I think yeah she was 55 years old yeah I mean, yeah. that's when she started. She's one of the the biggest grossing wow. judge shows. Yeah, Fantastic. a lot, a lot of people. It comes with experience. Well, I think we always want to evolve. You know, we want to continually evolve. It's what makes us feel alive. And mm-hmm. and so, and, and I do think. I can't speak for everyone, but I do think that sometimes, as a woman, when you get defined as a mother, mm-hmm. it sort of becomes this. And it's a journey. You know, it's like. 
at least like 20 years of being in this mm -hmm. <laughs> particular thing. But you kind of forget that you can evolve beyond that too. Because believe it or not, kids are actually transitory. You're not going to have little children in your house forever. <laughs> and you're going to want to define yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you, like I didn't have my first child until I was almost 30, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. if you're 50 when they, you yeah, know, launch 20, or whatever, right? 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 Mm -hmm. If I tell myself I'm too old, hmm to try something new, well then what? Sophie, you know? I left Long Island to do a TV show. It was my 50th birthday. Okay. What a great I choice. Decided, <laughs> I decided, I decided at 50 to leave what I knew. My kid, my last child was out of college mm -hmm. and to pack up and go try something new. We are natural creators, but see our society doesn't focus on experience. It focuses on youth and we can change that. We are definitely changing that because there's a lot of people that are achieving great things mm -hmm. later on in life. Sure. Well, and I think that plays into into the next one, which is be grateful for where you are right now in life. You, you're exactly where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that acceptance is like of, of where you are. The acceptance of where you are is key to being able to move forward. And the, the reason why I, I focused on that in particular was because a lot of people will say, I can't be grateful for where I am because this is so painful. Mm -hmm. I'm in a place of pain. Mm -hmm. I can't or, pay my bills. I can't. I can't you know. or, or, yes, I'm 50 years old, and guess what? They're pushing me out of my job because I don't look like I used to look. And, and there is a lesson in everything. There is a lesson. And when you're in the most pain, if you stop and say, what am I learning right now? You will immediately get an answer. And the pain will become less and less and less mm -hmm. because that's when you start start to emerge from the darkness. Mm. I think there's like an important distinction here that I, I need to make. Because when you say accepting, you know, where I am, how my life is, it's mm -hmm. different than being apathetic about it. Because I see people oh, yeah, sort of accepting where they are in a more of this is it, fuck it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's more of an apathy thing than an acceptance of where they are in life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, so maybe the acceptance we're talking about is sort of in response to the the pain and the complaining and the fear and all of that is sort of right. getting yourself out of that and going, OK, but it's not this a, is just where I am right now. Right. It's not a yeah. giving up, but right. it's an acceptance. Right. And, and let's focus on the people that are giving up and that you see you see saying that they're tired. Mm -hmm. They've been mm -hmm. beat up. Mm -hmm. And they need to take a break, okay? Mm -hmm. Which goes into the other one where don't forget to breathe, mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I mean by that one. The people that you're saying are apathetic, they're so tired and so beat up that they fall into sadness which, tur which turns into depression. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if you started talking to them. I wouldn't be surprised if they started to tell you that they really are depressed. And that's right. why they stop because we are creators. We're natural creators. And our brain, that's why we're never satisfied. You know, we get, we get, we get one thing, we're fighting for it, we get it, and then all of a sudden we go, we, well, I want that. I want, I want the next thing. We're mm. never satisfied because we are natural creators. We have to keep creating. When we stop, when the human stops creating and does that, like, like you just said, forget it, it's because they're tired, beat up, and they've fallen into depression. Mm -hmm. That's when they, we need to take a breath. Do you, I don't know if you ever put your kids in timeout. You know, oh, kids, sure. Kids go. <laughs> oh, sure. It's yeah. been a long oh, time. Yeah. But, but I, I, think I just that, put myself in timeout. Yeah, it works I'm better. A, I'm taking a timeout. I'm in timeout. <laughs> I would, and I was just going to say that. I mean, we should put ourselves in timeout mm -hmm. because that's when we get a chance. Let's, let's look at why we put children in there to, to get them to stop, 
to get them to slow down, to get them to think about what they just did, why it's not working. We should do that with ourselves. Give us a chance to, to relax, reflect what's working, what's not working, and why, and take a breath, and then we can start again. Mm-hmm. So Todd, go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. Yeah. I'll be back in there. How long is time out? It's actually one minute for, well, every, for every year. For every so. year. I'll see you in like an hour. All right. See you for the next recording. <laughs> that 45 minutes right. I like that it's I great right I'm gonna be like one minute for every year bitches <laughs> for 45 minutes actually I do do that with my kids I'm like I gotta go meditate mommy's gotta go meditate and mm-hmm. it's just 15 minutes like just live without me for 15 minutes Thank I think if too. I lock myself in a room for 45 minutes I wonder like how deep into that 45 I'm just touching myself I mean, <laughs> let's be honest the time out is gonna get right to that Five minutes in. Nothing like boredom to make you horny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) That's a good idea. Maybe I'll make it a maybe I'll make it a sixty minute time. I gotta work that in. Hey, we all have goals. We okay, do. There you go. So, and, you and we get distracted. And we, we get distracted. Right. Yes, which is <laughs> part of the next one, which is be patient, knowing that everything happens for a reason. Because we are going to hit speed bumps, right? You're going to hit, like, I mean, I got, I got a muscle in my back that just threw me for a loop last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really mad mm-hmm. at it. But... You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you need I, I, I really focused on that one because a lot of people will ask me, you know, I'm I'm stuck. Nothing is happening. I'm visualizing. I'm meditating. I'm being positive. I'm doing all the yeah. things, but nothing is happening. And I say, actually, a lot of things are happening. Mm-hmm. You're just not seeing it things are getting lined up if people look at their lives there is no straight line from you know the thought that you have to your goal there's not a, there's not a straight line mm-hmm. there are there are breadcrumbs and there you're moving because you meet people or you're talking to people and they're introducing you to other people and i mean if you look at anybody's life how did you get i mean how did i go from mother of 3 to tv producer how does that happen? It wasn't a straight line. And there were many times where I had to sit and I had to wait. It took me seven years to go from the idea of that TV show to filming the pilot. Seven years. Wow. But there was a lot of things happening mm-hmm. that I didn't know was leading me to that. You right. know, and, but I needed to believe, I needed every day to visualize what I wanted and then just let it happen. So even though you're sitting there and you're thinking nothing is happening, a lot of things are happening. So do you think the the core of what you were visualizing, mm-hmm. let's say over that time, because you, you know you didn't really know that that's where that was leading you, was that? Would you say that that was about I'm going to have a TV show, or was that about what I'm learning here with these men is so interesting that I have a message for the world? Like what? Like where? Yeah. Where do you think? Yeah, that visualization started. Okay, and 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 again, it, it I've outlined it so people can see that it started in getting a st- cup of coffee at Starbucks mm-hmm. and reading the Newsday where um, Parcells was saying I can't get the men to focus, and then saying Hey, I'm a hypnotherapist, I can do that, mm-hmm. and then making the call and having to wait on that and the the little things that happened that and you made me. that call many times, right? I made that for call for like a year. I made that call every two weeks for months. 
for months until I finally called. She's and like a bulldog. No, well, <laughs> but you know, it was, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this. This is what I want to do. I can do this. You know, he wasn't saying no. It wasn't mm-hmm. a no. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean, and even if he said no, it, all right, well, I won't go to the Jets. I'll go to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wouldn't have stopped me. But it's that what you need to do is you need to visualize. And did I visualize a TV show? No, because I didn't have a clue I was going to do a TV show at that time. Mm-hmm. All I knew is that I wanted to affect large numbers of people mm-hmm. because my message always was that life shouldn't hurt. And if it does, there'll be someone to help you. That was the message I wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. And then at some point I said, hmm, I can, I can make a TV show and get that message out. Hmm. So... So, it, like I said, it wasn't at the very beginning. I never knew. I, I, I never even knew I'd be a doctor. I mean, I didn't know that. I just knew I wanted to help people. Awesome. Sorry, I'm just, like, so engrossed in the story. <laughs> <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> Thank you. So Thank you. Um, so tell us about the book and um, how, how long did this little process take you? <laughs> okay, it's, it's interesting. And, and, you know, I was thinking about this on the way over. Um, when I did the TV show, people would ask me all the time, how, how did you do that? What made you do that? How, that doesn't happen. This has never happened before. You know, showrunners would look at me and and just stare and I would ask what are you staring at and I remember my showrunner for the show said you know what you did no one does you don't get to do that you know so and I really didn't know how I did it I just I just kind of did it and then um, again the universe is funny I was a therapist for 25 years Mm -hmm. okay I have never not had clients in 25 years I've never advertised and it was always word of mouth. And I've always been, it's always been packed. My, my, my list of clients have been packed. Um, and what happened was when the show ended, I was also, I had a small practice at, with, while the show was on. And then all of a sudden, everything dried up. Hmm. I came back after the first, uh, the first of the year in January, and there was not one client on for January, wow. February, March. And I was like, what's, you know, what's going on? Why, why the drought? You know, what, what happened? And I started sitting on a chair drinking coffee, just drinking coffee. <laughs> and Again, the coffee. Right. You get the coffee, right? Yeah. Elixir of life. Yeah, okay. coffee's and, good. And then all of a sudden, I said, I should take this time and write the book. Mm. The, I wrote the book in three and a half weeks. Wow. And when it went to the publisher and everything was done... Um, it actually became a bestseller, thank God, which I didn't see coming overnight. And then all of a sudden, the phone started ringing. Hmm. And all my clients started to come back. Hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, did the universe set that up so that it, because I know if I still had all those clients, I would never have sat down and wrote that book. No. Never. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able Not, to. No. So it's almost like there's, there's forces in the unseen that, that push you to do things. Mm-hmm. And I, I often wondered, wow, if I didn't, how long would they have waited? How long would the, the universe have waited? <laughs> I could be like out of a home, you know? Um, but it provided me. Well, that would have created a need. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes the world, you know, sometimes your life just creates a need, creates space. You know, you get, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Complacent. That's mm-hmm, the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. And you sort of wonder why things aren't happening more. And sometimes you just need a little gap, like a little need, a space of need. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and 
and and actually, I don't know if if I, you know, I'm not really sure whether we set it up, the universe sets it up, our intent sets. I don't even know where it comes from, but it was the perfect plan, you know, pull everything away from her, give her nothing to do, mm-hmm. okay, make her sit with a cup of coffee, staring into space, going, saying, "What has happened to my life?" <laughs> okay, you know, in order. Yeah, for- that's a scary place to be, uh, and you uh, yeah. manage to kind of see the opportunity and I think that that um, I think that's what's hardest for people out there is to be in that place which is quite scary yes it is Um, and being able to have faith in yourself and have faith in the process and taking advantage of the space absolutely and not and not fall into depression or not get get down on yourself mm-hmm. you know all the yeah. crying after the auditions yeah yeah, yeah. well Please. i did i mean i remember in, back in 08 i wasn't getting any work and i was completely broke so what i wound up doing was a feature film an indie movie that mm-hmm. i didn't get paid for so at least in my mind it was I will play the lead in this movie I will not get paid but I will this will this is my bucket list I play the lead in a movie And there you go and Did it lead go. did it lead to something else Um n- not really and, no. and I don't mean that I don't mean it monetarily spiritually no, uh, Yes yeah. creatively yes. yeah it was very satisfying and it and it and it uh, bolstered my confidence and I mean it it, it made will you feel for, like an actor It made right? me feel still like, like an actor I'm still and, I'm yeah, an actor yeah. Yeah. yeah and will forever be you know one mm-hmm. of my favorite experiences you know doing doing that movie and yeah knowing that I can knowing that I can carry the weight of a, a story mm-hmm. you know on mm-hmm. my shoulders cuz it was me and just mm-hmm. about every bit of the movie so mm-hmm. yeah it definitely changed I would things like to for see me that, you well yeah. you should you okay. can get fuzz track city uh-huh. on dvd on amazon fantastical yeah. um well is there anything else you would like to say about these no i things? i just i just think that um like i said before if you believe that it can happen it will if you believe it can it won't and it, you need to choose you need right. to choose. So where can we find your book to be inspired? Yes, you can go to Amazon.com and you can order Game On, what I learned during my time as a shrink to the New York Jets. Or you can go to drdonnad.com, which is my website, and order it from there. As a matter of fact, on the website, it has a free um, audio oh, that, fantastic. that people can um, get and, and hear about the core beliefs. Wonderful. And Todd, the world is super excited about the next season of You're the Worst. Yeah. It's like the next season of You're the Worst is the best. Like <laughs> people are just peeing their pants over it. So I'm so excited. excited. Yes. You're going to be too famous to be my friend too. That's not true. And we get that on FX. And when does the second F-X-X. season? FX. Oh, sorry. FXX. And it's September 9th, I believe okay. it starts. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then your website is? Uh, ToddRobertAnderson.com Awesome You can like me On Facebook At Sophie Venable And if you're on iTunes Or SoundCloud right now Please click subscribe My book MILF 101 Is available on Amazon And BarnesandNoble.com And I would like to thank The good people here At Sideshow Network And of course Thank you both For being here so much And thank you all For listening This is Sophie Venable Reminding you That you don't have to Make your life perfect Just make it fabulous 